and welcome to Dispel Magic, the podcast where we overthink how the magic of D&D might shape your campaign in surprising and unexpected ways. I'm Benjamin, game designer and writer. You can find me on Twitter at Sterling Vermin or online generally at SterlingVermin.com. And my name is Dane. I'm a dungeon master, podcaster, and voice actor. You can find me everywhere at Dane in Danger. This week, we're very pleased to be joined by... Derek! Derek is the host and producer of How Not to DM podcast, where he interviews creators from around the globe about their experiences running games and their cool TTRPG projects. He's also a fledgling game designer and and recently fulfilled his Kickstarter with Fireball Forge. Welcome, Derek. Thank you. Thank you both for having me. It's exciting to be on a show that I have binged all of and, uh, you know, be, be part of the magic or be part of dispelling it, at least. That's more like it. I see what you did there. Um, Derek, you chose a pretty meaty spell this week. You chose Zone of Truth. I did. Uh, so in high school, I was the kid who everyone would say, hey, Derek's going to be coming to the party, mom and dad, so I can go. It's going to be chill. Mm. Uh, so I was that kid who who was like the... The trustworthy you know, the, one. The trustworthy one, and hence I like to play clerics and paladins. Um, so, you know, <laughs> is there a theme in my life? Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. You were a, a human zone of truth. I, I don't know about that. I still did some sketchy things, but we won't get into that today. Uh, don't cast zone of truth on me and make me tell you. But yeah, I played a lot of clerics and paladins for fun, you know, with one shots or, or as uh, longer form campaign characters. And it's a spell that I've used a little bit, but I feel like has very intense implications on the uh, fantasy world at large, if it were to exist. For sure. We're finding that more and more with these spells. Most of my experience with Zone of Truth is from the Adventure Zone podcast, where Mm. in the first season, one of the characters, uh, Merle, just casts it all the time. Just is constantly casting it, uh, and it became kind of a, a meme for the show. Let's get down to brass tacks, shall we? Zone of Truth is a second-level enchantment spell available to bards, clerics, and paladins. It takes one action to cast, has a range of 60 feet, and a duration of 10 minutes. The spell text says, You create a magical zone that guards against deception in a 15-foot radius sphere centered on a point of your choice within range. Until the spell ends, a creature that enters the spell's area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there must make a charisma saving throw. On a failed save, a creature can't speak a deliberate lie while in the radius. You know whether each creature succeeds or fails on its saving throw. An affected creature is aware of the spell and can thus avoid answering questions to which it would normally respond with a lie. Such a creature can be evasive in its answers as long as it remains within the boundaries of the truth. A lot of of heavy, heavy topics there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Benjamin, what are some of the expected uses that you found? Given the kind of context of the game, I think that Zone of Truth, the expected use is that you're supposed to use it when you've captured a bad guy and you want to get information, but you also want to make sure that it's accurate information. It's the classic keep that one alive for questioning. <laughs> that old chestnut. Is that kind of how you've always used it, Derek? 
Yes, uh, more or less. I've had some fun with it in running games where I had untrustworthy people cast it on my party to make my party tell them the truth. And then the untrustworthy person has then gone on and, you know, done some damage with that information or that kind of thing. But yeah, as a player, that's definitely kind of the main use case I feel like I see most often. So you've had the truth tables turned. Indeed. Oh, ooh. Scary. <laughs> it doesn't say you have to tell the truth when it's cast uh, as the caster. Right? So. That's true. It's a good little caveat. Well, you know, that's interesting. I think you would probably stand outside of it if you wanted. I do think that if you enter the spells area, you are a creature. And yeah, so mm-hmm. it will trigger for you. But yeah, you're generally going to cast this 16 feet away from you so that you're outside of the radius. I, I think a lot of times people don't realize you could, it's a point within your choosing. So they right. generally just think it's all, do it everywhere. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, most of the time, I think in games that I've experienced, the caster rolls, uh, the whole party rolls, and then it, it kind of becomes a, a farce uh, in that respect. When we were doing some thinking about the unexpected outcomes of the spell, on the show, we really love our bureaucracy, and Zone of Truth is rife with red tape. Yeah, it it is it is red tape. It I is would say the... it, it it has transcended. The spell has some pretty obvious uses in policing, uh, judicial systems, and business. If you wanted to make sure that your business interests actually aligned, or that somebody was going to make good on the contract they're signing. Casting Zone of Truth would be a good way to ensure that. Yeah, I, I realize that your worlds that, that you're building with this podcast are going to have to charge so much in tax in order to handle the amount of bureaucrats that have to work for that government. Can you imagine? It would just be like everyone's a government worker at that point. Yeah, it's it's a little 1984-esque in that I think everybody is an employee of the state and surveilled by the state and a victim of the state. And it just absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And it's, um, it's bleak. It's very bleak. It's all very bleak. bleak. (laughs) One thing, Derek, that you brought up was the idea that this would be used in couples counseling. I thought that was really interesting. There's certainly cases where one half of the couple or whatever might request that they go see a zone of truth counselor (laughs) Uh, to determine whether or not they're being uh, lied to in their relationship, right? Which is kind of crazy. But I thought like, yeah, as far as business and stuff goes, there's a lot of applications. But yeah, I thought about personally, like, what are cases where I wouldn't want to be lied to and would want Uh the truth and could like force someone to give it to me, which is, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Normalized therapy in Dungeons and Dragons. Can we do that, please? Uh, well, okay, we... but you know, it's fun. I am a therapist in my in my in the daytime. Oh, really? I did not know that. Well, hashtag spoilers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ha- hashtag spoilers. Yeah, I am a therapist in the daytime, and and I I thought that was interest. I thought that inclusion was interesting because I would never, <laughs> never cast zone of truth on a therapy session with anybody like lying is is sort of a central part of social relationships you look lovely today i really liked when you did this 
or you know all these kinds of things that are just like they're lies they're nice don't worry it tastes fine yeah right like it, those are kind <laughs> things to say it was an interesting point because i i think you're right there'd be people who think that they want that yeah who think that they want the truth and and nothing else and just give it to me straight. And I feel like that's kind of how the society would develop if this was a core part of that world, right? Like you wouldn't you wouldn't want to have nuanced conversations. Everyone would just want the truth. But you're right. Like in the real world, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not saying what you mean is a lot of communication. Well, I, yeah. I think that this brings up an interesting point of how long the spell has existed. We've delved into that before. So if if this is a core tenant of a society and people are still looking for human connection that those little white lies provide, really gentle bolstering of each other's ego, I think that people would find a way to do that without the white lies. Right. If everyone is very aware that they could be caught for lying at any point. So I think a different form of social Congress would happen. So that might be an interesting thing to, to look at or to experience and very hard to reproduce in an RPG game. <laughs> Do you think people's feelings would get hurt as easily if this is just how the society functions? Like everyone expects you to tell the truth. And so it doesn't bother them. I don't know. Right. No. Yeah. That's a great point. I mean, it could just be that I can't picture it because our we, we don't live in a world where people want or where you wouldn't be considered crazy rude for doing that. Yeah, all of these social standards would shift. Right, right. Really impolite. You'd get totally ostracized for being completely honest all the time in our world. But in this world, that might Maybe not so much. be seen as a virtue. Right. You know, if you're building your game and you're trying to incorporate this in, in some strange way, it might just be like one particular city who abuses this, right? Or or one particular nation. And so you don't have to build your whole world around it, but it could be a fun part of the game where, hey, you just showed up in this town and everybody tells the truth in this town because like so-and-so runs it and that's how things work. Uh, yeah, it would be a fun thing to role play. Like all of a sudden, all the NPCs are just brutally honest. And they don't know why until they, they kind of like dig a little further. Derek, an interesting point that you brought up is how could everyone else trust the spellcaster who casts Zone of Truth? Yep. Because even though everybody affected by the Zone of Truth is unable to tell a lie, the caster knows if they succeeded or failed on the saving throw. Uh-huh. So they, they're the only person who knows if, the, if this person's really bound to tell the truth or could possibly be lying. And so there's the question of then how do you know if you can trust the caster? Yeah, I thought about some goofy ways around it, too. And and we could bring it up now or later, but it's kind of like a like a daisy chain spell where you have like three people and one targets one person, you know, number one targets number two who targets number three who targets number one. And, that you know, you've got like three different people who all have to confirm that they are also telling the truth when you've got. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, there's a bunch of ways you could kind of like try to get around it mechanically. Um, but yeah, I think it's something interesting to explore. Like, and like I said, in my game that just wrapped up last year, I had a person, an NPC cast zone of truth on my party, but that person wasn't honest with them and had a bunch of secrets they were hiding. And I think it's totally possible that that happens. That doesn't mean that the person casting the spell is not corrupt or not unimpeachable uh in some way so yeah is it said anywhere that these zones can't overlap no you could definitely have overlapping zones 
So then I, I think that that's an easy fix that you have two casters at, at any point. They, these zone of truthers uh, have <laughs> to cast at the same time on the same point to ensure that each other, I like the idea of a tensors floating train of zones. Um, <laughs> but I think if you cast both at the same time, then that ensures the true true i mean so long as those two people don't know each other and aren't bought off by the same thieves guild or whatever ah, right? now you're thinking like dispel magic correct correct so <laughs> what did we previously talk about where we said that like people needed to not know each other it was scrying where you'd have to have like two people there that didn't know each other and whose identities were not known by the public so you th- guess you'd have something like that maybe you had to whisper it to a plant and then you had to speak with plants and then you come into the room with the with the impartial plant i think that <laughs> no i don't know Was what you're talking it? about at this point okay that's fair <laughs> but yeah I, I feel like that's interesting like it almost seems like it would be some kind of monastic order that isolate themselves and are only used for that purpose, especially if it's like high level, like big, big court cases or, you know, politics. Treaties. Yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff. Well, the other option is that if you had a divination wizard that you trusted, their second level, I think second level feature lets them roll 2d20s and then swap that out for other people's saving throws. And you just force so, them to fail. Yeah, so you can just force <laughs> them. You just, every, you just wake up and say, hey, divination wizard, do you have a one today? wait till that happens and then be like all right we're going to court um, <laughs> have you have you foreseen ill omens today great yeah you got two people who need that yeah <laughs> but but then again you've got to trust that wizard right so like what who's to say that the wizard doesn't doesn't give them an ad 20 or whatever like it, yeah it's, it's just you could add so many layers that it would just not be worth it right but yeah it is interesting to think about and then i also like this idea derek that you mentioned about there would probably be before you could have a audience with certain important people, you would need to enter a zone of truth and be direct about your intentions. Yeah, security to get into the city or into the ball with a bunch of important people. You know, everyone's getting questioned at the door. Yeah, that that's exactly what I was I was thinking. Like, no more worried about someone pulling a knife out and and you know throwing it at the at the queen's heart or, or you know whatever thing you're thinking of it everyone has to come in and and submit themselves before they can have an audience this makes me think that there might develop a tradition of verbal gymnastics Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah oh yeah oh yeah like bardic colleges would become a lot more popular in terms of school of eloquence and things like that where you could really twist your words around so that you don't have a poison dagger in your yeah. <laughs> jacket pocket because of simile and uh and metaphor yeah it's a small short sword <laughs> <laughs> that's right we, we talked earlier about how one kind of broader impact the spell might have, especially when it's being used in these major institutions, is that it might lead to kind of a cultural emphasis on honesty as as being really important. But I think another equally likely outcome is that it produces patterns of speech that are specifically designed to avoid answering questions. Right. Which just it, really running around the truth. Yeah. It, it makes me think a lot of like the way politicians are coached to just... Ugh not say a thing that that they believe but that you know they can't really say out loud or own 
And so they just like answer it kind of rhetorically almost and then shift into the thing they actually wanted to talk about anyway. Yep. Answer the question you want instead of the one that's asked. Yeah, exactly. So what we've come up with so far is two societies, one that is so brutally honest, it would bring anyone to tears. (laughs) And then another society of all politician speakers who just dance verbal circles around each other so that they don't have to say the thing they mean. <laughs> and I feel like it's, if you had low-level zone of truth people who are, who are like, you know, guards just letting you into the city or whatever, they might be less trained to detect that kind of speech, right? Whereas your high-level, you know, royal court ones would be much more likely to, to not let that kind of stuff stand too. So it could like certainly help you out getting into kind of lower stakes situations or, or you pass those kinds of uh, things. I think you'd have the people who's a guy who's like, yeah, whatever. It's not my job. You know, like move on. I don't, I don't really care. (laughs) What'd you just say? That's fine. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's lots of interesting ways that the spell takes on a life of its own outside of it being cast and starts to affect culture. So there was that, those kind of speech characteristics that we talked Mm -hmm. about. But then also, Derek, earlier you mentioned the idea of a monastic tradition that provides the service of zone of truth to the wider community. Yeah. And I do think that would be a basis for a kind of national religion or something or regional religion or whatever else where that is really important. Yeah, I kind of see it in one of two ways. It's either that where it's like a third party group that is not involved at all with politics and with how things are run because they have to be impartial or you run into a situation where maybe it started as that and now those people are in power because they're the ones who know what's true and what isn't and use it to to like twist what the truth is to get what they want so it depends on who's running the show and, and kind of how it works but yeah I think there's a lot of interesting things to explore there too Can't find a general store you can trust? Come on down to Zany Eddie's Zone of Deals, where the deals ain't no lie. Whatever you need on your next adventure, we have it at extraordinary prices. And we're so sure that we have the best prices in town, we have three wizards casting Zone of Truth over the whole store, all day, till close. And with our patented lie buzzer, you know you're getting the best deals. We have any potions you could be looking for. <laughs> the most useful potions you can find. We got three minor heels and a potion of spider climb. And if you catch us in a lie, your purchase is free. So come on down to Zanietti's Zone of Deals. We got the best products in town. It's the fairest prices in town. The least number of mimics. Oh my god, really? Zanietti's Zone of Deals. Two blocks north from Town Square next to the Big Fountain. Wizards guaranteed by the Immaculate Monks of Truth. And then, of course, when you scratch the surface of the spell, the question that comes up is, and it sounds ridiculous, but what is a lie? Yeah. What is a lie? What is truth? Yeah, there's a lot of ways you could take it, right? Because you've got instances where people in our current world misremember things because they were so long ago or because it was so quick. Uh, you know, people's memories are consistently unreliable. 
So at, at what point is it? And, and I noticed it when Dane was reading the spell, right? It says a deliberate lie. So if, if they believe what they're saying is true because they misremember something, then that probably would make it through the spell. I would think like they would still be able to say that thing. It's an argument of perception. Yes. Uh, perspective. Yes. You can be telling your own personal truth. Yeah, it is very weird in that way, in that it's not trying to filter out what's true from what's deception. It's trying to filter out what you think is true from what you think is a deception, or or you as the kind of target of the spell. And then, and then that makes me think that there, or it makes me wonder if there is room for rhetorical devices, philosophies, or religions that a person might practice that make them not believe that they're telling a lie. Yes. Oh, wow. Now we're getting into 1984 for sure. <laughs> I think a classic case is like flat earth versus, you know, spherical earth. Yeah. Like, yeah, people out there really believe the earth is flat and that probably wouldn't get picked up in a zone of truth, right? Yeah. Um, you could yeah. totally talk at length about why physics works the way it does because the earth is flat, even though you'd be completely wrong the whole time. You could do that. Even beyond that, even beyond the idea that there might be like a specific religious belief you have, right? like that the earth is flat. What if you just didn't believe in the concept of truth as a, oh, as a wow. kind of religious Now we're blowing it up. Belief like you, like you thought. There is no such thing as truth. Yeah, all perspectives are equally valid. And yeah, so. It's all gray area. Hmm. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. There you go. <laughs> so would these gray thinkers then become the spokespeople for for these national powers like they <laughs> they truly believe that nothing is true and nothing is false so that they can speak freely no matter what it certainly would be a faction within this world right who believe this and and fight against the way that society is set up i love the idea of the gray thinkers it's an interesting name for them <laughs> everything is gray there is no black and white gray matter yeah yeah, because like it it. there you go. A lot of weirdness there, right? Like, and what I think is interesting is in the one time I served on a on a jury, they were very focused on the facts, right? It wasn't about truth; it was about the facts. Like, we want right. to get to what the facts are. Uh, and so, what is the difference between truth and fact? A fact is that the the world is a sphere, but it, is that a person's truth? So, yeah, that, that's that's kind of where. This it would maybe be harder to implement, like you said, if there's people who believe that there's no truth or who believe that things are true that aren't. Um, I guess that it wouldn't really work with them. Derek, are you proposing a zone of facts? Yes, uh, yeah, uh, and I happen to know that someone uh, who's who's on this podcast is really good at making up stuff that works with 5e or, or other systems you know that's really well balanced and stuff so <laughs> it, it could happen zone of facts sounds like a ninth level spell <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're a scientist and you you cast zone of facts on yourself and you just start spouting gibberish and you're like oh that, that one worked <laughs> actually it'd be a good artificer alternative to the um contact other plane and commune with nature and all those spells that are basically like you get to answer you get the correct answer to three questions there you go. Like, yeah, it'd be the artificer version of that where it's just zone of facts. I get to know three things I want to know about the universe <laughs> that are unequivocally true. Yeah. They have to be true. It's the zone of facts. 
So let's let's talk about the the ten minutes. It's it's just for ten minutes. What what kind of craziness can happen in ten minutes? Well, that's I think where you get to the question of bang for your buck. Uh, it's ten minutes. So like if you're in court proceedings, you're not going to want to call somebody up to the witness stand, cast it, have them do ten minutes of testimony, and then be like, all right, cast it again. And then we got to do the same thing for like the other dozen witnesses we have. You would be better off having all the witnesses testify and then grouping them all up again at the end, casting zone of truth and asking them if they testified truthfully. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the swearing in, but in reverse order. And it's much less ceremonial. It's just yes or no. Yes or no. But if if the, some of them succeed their check, right, that then that's so that's a waste of the spell. Well, sure, but I mean, you're probably going to need to have a, a few people there anyway, depending upon the size of the court proceedings. Because, like, you know, if you've got 10 witnesses and you're going to take testimony from all of them, chances are some of them are going to pass the saving throw. Ooh, and and 10 witnesses is like a days-long court trial <laughs> yeah. in our world. Again, going back to the time I served as, as a jurist, it, it was like nine days worth of trial and we probably had maybe 10 witnesses. So can you imagine? You know, yeah. Yes. But I mean, the thing is actually is they don't even need to provide testimony. They can just write out what happened. There's lots of different ways this could play out, but the other way in which this like would have a warping effect on the judicial system. First of all, it's really weird when we talk about D and D to talk about a judicial system. Cause that's not what we are picturing is not generally what would have been historically accurate for like kind of the time period that D&D replicates. But I think still we all kind of project our current judicial system onto that. But this spell would have such a warping effect, like our judicial system pushed into physical evidence because witnesses could be unreliable. But this spell really pushes people to like, no, let's not worry about physical evidence. We get we can know whether or not people are telling the truth and and we can get the whole story from them if you have your suspect you cast on the suspect or witnesses yeah, yeah or witnesses i don't know if i could think all the way through all the steps of it but the judicial system that would end up a product yeah resulting or being a product of zone of truth existing would end up not looking very much like our judicial system anymore yeah you're right it, it would be as easy as sworn statements written down or whatever and then just a quick yes or no you know like did you tell us everything you remember uh, thank you for your time. You know, see you later. Yeah, it would be it'd be a lot quicker, a lot less trial by combat, probably. <laughs> sure. <laughs> really exciting for role play. Um, and then there'd have to be a pretty steep consequence for lying so that people are discouraged from doing it. Because if, if you could just be like, oh, yeah, you got me. Oops. People would still be doing it. In our earlier discussions about like not being let in to see the the queen or whatever, or not being let into the city until you submit, it'd probably be similar. Like you get nabbed at the crime scene or someone says that they saw you there. You're just held indefinitely until you finally fail that save and say that what you said is true and you, you like aren't, you know, omitting anything. Uh, it, it could be very interesting. There might be a lot of incarcerated people just like trying to wait it out and see if they can get away with something. Truth prison. Truth prison. The truth will set you free. Written on the yeah, written on the words inside the prison. Yeah. This is a scary spell. <laughs> it is a scary spell. I'm all, I'm already yeah yeah I'm already thinking about ways to to make this awful in uh in in my next D and D campaign. Some insane theocracy that's just built on this spell, and at the top it's super corrupt because they can get away with whatever they want. Right. 
they're the people who get, who get to lie. I wanted to to talk a little bit about spell combos. There's a couple spells I I wanted to call out. Dane and I talked pretty close to the beginning of the of the whole history of the show. We did an sh- episode on speak with animals, and uh-huh. we, and we talked a lot in that about how that would interact with policing the judicial system and crime. Zone of truth and speak with animals actually play well together because you can have animals testify and be affected by zone of truth. So you can get truthful information from animals. And actually in this, because we had even talked about the idea that you could corrupt, like with speak with animals, you might have thieves guilds attempting to corrupt (laughs) animals to provide false testimony to no one is safe. Yeah. But zone of truth kind of brings that back full circle around so that that's less of an issue. Well, that's why you speak to plants and you tell the plants your secrets. Oh, that's right. You had like bird cages on every corner. Yes, a bird cage on. Yes, (laughs) a bird cage on every corner. Yeah, (laughs) which I have to imagine that city would stink and also be very loud. Would it be any worse than any other medieval city? I mean, but, but yeah. Well, that might be true. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to hope that no one's modifying all of these animals' memories. Like, it'd be a lot of fifth level spells to cast, but it, it could happen. But two similar spells that this that Zone of Truth does not interact with are Speak with Plants and Speak with Dead. I am a very rules literate person. I, I'm, I'm scanning all that. And so I wanted to call this out because Speak with Animals works because Zone of Truth targets creatures. It doesn't work with speak with plants because at, when you cast it on a plant, it's not a creature, it's a plant. And when you cast it on speak with dead, you're not talking to an undead creature. You're talking to a skull, a corpse, an object. I thought that was just interesting because I, I think if you if you just heard it, you'd assume that if it works with speak with animals, it must work with the other speak with spells. But that's not right. So we can't force plants or dead people to tell us the truth. Right. Yeah. And actually, it's funny because speak with dead, I think they specifically says... They don't have to be honest with you. Right. So I so I was kind of thinking about that because I thought Zone of Truth would be helpful there. But because you're talking to an object, it's not. I did come up with one spell that lets you kind of dodge around the effects of Zone of Truth, but in a in an extremely goofy way, like an almost Rube Goldberg device uh, style. <laughs> Surprising to no one. Yeah. I'm a big fan of those. Well, they're they're they are cool. So breakfast machines are my favorite. So you make you breakfast in bed. Right. Right. I think that's in, um, honey, I shrunk the kids, right? Oh yeah. Pee Wee's big adventure too. Okay. Not well, you know, the more we talk about now, the less like a Rube Goldberg device this is, but still it's, (laughs) it's, I'm glad we talked about it. If you knew you were going to go into a zone of truth, you could load yourself up with little objects that you cast magic mouth on prepared with like lies and hide them on your person somewhere so that when they start talking, the mouth is not visible to other people. And then you go into the zone of truth. You fail your saving throw. Uh, you're forced to tell the truth. And then when you get asked a question, you just figure out what hand gesture you're supposed to make or what word you're supposed to say to get the magic mouth's answer that you want to trigger. And then you lip sync along with the mouth. <laughs> In perfect sync. The the counter to this would have to be completely naked. Oh, yeah. Of truth. Oh, yeah. Jeez. You're going into the fancy party. No more trench coats. No, it's you go to the, the, the truth room and there's a nice fire going so that you, you know, you're at least comfortable before going to see the queen. And uh, and you, and you got to be bereft of any item. 
Or they just like make you check your robes and like put on some new ones or something. But I suppose you could probably oh, still try yeah. to hide them. Yeah. It, it's 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 giving me the uh you know the people who put like those bike horns all over their body and they like hit them in a certain order to make them make a song. That's kind of like what I envision like these magic mouths. <laughs> but but a lot slower motion, right? You you and then trying to lip sync along. That's hilarious. Like You'd be practicing in front band. of your polished brass mirror for, <laughs> right. for weeks to get it right. <laughs> and the thing is, probably, although I love the idea of zone of nude nudity and truth, <laughs> I I actually think that this take this takes so much effort to pull off that it yeah. probably never like so rarely happens that they're they don't really try do anything to prevent this from happening because like the amount of effort and build up for this the person has to know all the lies they want to tell ahead of time <laughs> they have to remember which trigger for which lie which that in itself would be a hilarious i would love to see somebody role play out the situation <laughs> <laughs> especially if they had to tell the dm ahead of time which lies were tied to which right and they couldn't write it down so yeah. they couldn't read it off in front of them right. so they're just sitting there trying to remember their hand signals yeah oh. it'd be like a game of memory in in the game i can see it now that the the uh you know the detective's like walking away from the stand and then he turns around the 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 criminal's like wiping his brow like oh i made it and he turns around he says one last question and you like see him starting to sweat because he didn't prepare you know a stone for this last question (laughs) oh one more thing what a great scene (laughs) yeah exactly a little bit of a columbo in there if that ever happens in your campaign please immediately uh dm all of us and tell us about it we're big fans of magic mouth around these parts. We, yeah, that's true. I've noticed. The other spell that has an interaction with this that I think is much more pernicious and also likely to actually come up uh, is modify memory. Again, the perspective of truth. If you can change the fundamental truth in their brain so that they think that they are telling the truth, then there you go. Dastardly. Modify memory actually comes into play in a lot of different tiers of this the thieves guild would probably be using modify memory a lot on its own members to prevent them from remembering crimes they committed or how they or how they committed crimes or the identity of their co-conspirators there's a dystopian like sci-fi movie about this guy who like wakes up and it's six months past when he remembers and it's because they wiped his brain for the last six months because he was building something proprietary and technical and they don't want it to get stolen. And I Blank don't remember. Check? No, no, no. I don't Blank remember what check. it is. But that's Blank the vibes it's like giving a... me, right? Like you can you can modify yeah. a criminal's memory. They like do this terrible thing for you, and then they don't remember it, and they don't carry that weight, and they like go live the rest of their life. That's insane. It's especially useful for like if one criminal gets caught and they're thrown in jail, your thieves guild's gonna do everything it can to get somebody inside and casting modify memory on that guy. So he does not remember who else did that with him. So at least it's just that that one criminal that goes down for the crime and not dragging the whole guild down by him naming people. It makes sense. It also, I mean, it doesn't say this in the spell modify memory, but I'd imagine there's a lot of scrambled brains in this situation. If it's been modified too many times kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Everyone's super paranoid and accusatory of each other. (laughs) I do think that would be one of the weird, they're not coincidences, that would be one of the weird outcomes of Zone of Truth being really heavily used by law enforcement in the judicial system is that the criminal element then 
would kind of proactively want to cut a lot of their own memories out Ugh. to ensure protection for themselves and others. And then even beyond that, then you've got kind of the more obvious examples of you'd want to either produce witnesses that never really existed. Oh my like, God. Uh, right. <laughs> like I, I plan, I plan, like I plan a memory in Dane of witnessing a murder that actually didn't happen or, or he saw a person that didn't commit the murder, commit the murder or, and then also, I guess, simultaneously, you'd modify the memory out of somebody who did correctly remember who committed the crime and replace it with whoever you chose to be the fall guy for it. Gets messy real quick. It does get messy and real it, quick. You, you you might have to jump into this like chain then of modified memories where like I've got to modify Dane's memory to see the murder and who I want as the fall guy. I've got to modify Derek's memory to make sure that he remembers that Dane left. We need to do an episode on that. We, uh, that's that's a good spell. <laughs> it's fifth level, so it'd be like expensive, right? You'd have to have powerful people, uh, you know, on your payroll, bard or wizard, to to get that done. But it's possible. I found the film. It's called Paycheck. It is Ben Affleck. It's Paycheck. Two thousand three. It's, it's based paycheck. on a Philip K. Close. Dick. Yeah, Philip K. Dick story. So that's yeah, that's kind of what it reminds me of, but in a different light even apart from magic you've got uh drugs and poisons that could <laughs> distort someone's memory uh we talked Just straight up put them on a trip <laughs> yeah we talked before the episode started about uh, arrest developments forget me nows and that might be something you give to people or take yourself i guess Right before so you. So before you before you go into the zone of truth, you just take a couple of shots. Oh, you yep. know what? I didn't think about that. I was actually thinking about before you did whatever activity you don't want to remember later. But yeah, oh, sure. You could just be like, I actually have no memory of that because I'm tripping extremely hard right now and I can't remember anything that happened like more than possible deniability. You oh. get a lot of assassins with attention deficit disorder <laughs> who just can't remember. Just can't. Oh. You know, I feel like I was there, but I just can't. If it's not in my calendar, it doesn't happen. Yes. And it didn't happen. <laughs> Worth noting, it can be negated by a, a level three spell remove curse. So like if if for some reason the uh, truthers were able to catch on to this and it's happening, yeah. they could remove curses and, and force people to, to then remember what was happening if you're using the spell. But if you're using other means, then maybe you have uh, maybe you beat the system. I love that idea, though, that there's like there's a silver bullet to zone of truth, which is modify memory. And then there's a silver bullet to modify memory, yep. which is remove curse. And and then you've got someone who like counterspells it with subtle spell because you Ex- oh, yes, yes, there you go. The, yeah, the audience, ex- you know, yes. there's just <laughs> so many levels. Yes, exactly. There <laughs> now we go. we're getting to the Rube Goldberg yeah, device. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. You know, we didn't talk about it at the very beginning, but um, I, I wonder, do you flavor spells like this where there's some sort of aura or light where the zone is obvious and like people can see that there is an effect that they are stepping in or out of or are, are inside? Because um, I was thinking, you know, if you've got people on your payroll, they might cast the zone of truth outside like or, or above or something. And then the people mm-hmm. aren't actually in it and you could you could subvert it that way too but but you know if you have if the if you decide that there is a visible sphere then it would be obvious that that's happening and and people couldn't get around it that way but yeah it kind of just depends on how you flavor stuff yeah i mean in the spell description it does not say that it is a lit sphere or or a, a, a zone that you can see right specifically so i guess that's dm discretion but rules is written 
no, it's invisible. Yeah, so you could potentially have have corrupt people who are casting it elsewhere. <laughs> you see them cast it; they must have done it. Right? Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, and that even gets to the point of like, do non spellcasters even know if a spell is ca- like? If I say words that kind of sound like a spell and make weird gestures, is the average person going to know whether or not I cast the spell or not? If they pass their insight check or not, I guess yep. that's true. Or Arcana or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so many layers, but that's why I love it. Like I remember uh, when I found this show, I was like, wow, I have done this before where I have taken all of these spells and like created a financial system or like a, like a banking <laughs> system where I use all these weird spells. And now mm-hmm. you have access to your funds across the whole plane because there are these, you know, all of these spells work in concert. And so it's fun to sit here and, and do this that I would normally do by myself while I'm game prepping with uh, with a couple of other people. Yeah, and I and I really appreciate you bringing this spell because it was a spell that I looked at early on and I wasn't sure what to say about it. But when you brought it, first of all, I think it's cool that so many of the same concepts came to us. Uh-huh. It's one of the it's like a soft power instead of a hard power. It's mm. one of those things where it has sweeping changes more because of what it could do than uh-huh. what it does. Right on. Well, Derek, thank you for joining us. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug before we go? Yeah, sure. So uh, again, thank you, Benjamin and Dane, for having me on. Like I said, I found the show and I was like, oh, this is awesome because I do this all the time. And now I can I can hyper fixate on spells like uh, like they're doing and and you know, just come up with crazy things. So yeah, I appreciate being invited and it's been a ton of fun to chat. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you can find my show on any podcast platform. It is called how not to DM or how not to dungeon master. And if you are interested in following me on other social platforms, that kind of thing, you can go to linktree.com slash HN, the number two DM. So uh, that that's where you can find all my social links and links to uh, other stuff that I'm doing. I try to include my guest spots and stuff and those links as well. So uh, you can find that there. Um, they mentioned at the top of the show, I, I had a Kickstarter last year and it's called Two Hot One Shot. It's based around the concept of Hot Ones, the interview show with really hot wings, and combining it with tabletop role-playing games and creating some fun mechanics to, to kind of use at your own table. And um, their basic rules are available on RPG. They're system agnostic in that, that you can use them with any you know, dice rolling tabletop game. Uh, we wrote them with 5e in mind, but yeah, go go wild with those and, and let us know um, what you think. But yeah, and then upcoming in May, I will be attending the Convergence, which is being put on by Quincy's Tavern and Jason of Critical Dice uh, at Evermore Park, which is, happens to be 10 minutes from my front door. So if you're here in Utah or if you're planning on coming to Convergence, come say hi and uh, we'll hang out and we'll talk uh, role-playing games. But yeah, again, thanks to Benjamin and Dane for letting me come on the show and and chat about one of my favorite spells and, uh, you know, think about all of the crazy zany implications it would have on the world. I I appreciate the time. Well, we appreciate that, Derek. Thank you very much. Um, And if you have anything you'd like to add to the conversation or ideas that this spell has come up for you, um, please reach out. Let us know. You can find us on Twitter at Dispel Magic Pod. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again after your next long rest. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Dispel Magic. 
If this has inspired any ideas for your game, or you have another take on today's topic, please let us know on Twitter, at DispelMagicPod. You can find Benjamin at Sterling Vermin and Dane at Dane in Danger. Thank you to Slim Mittens for our cover art, produced by Benjamin Huffman, produced and edited by Dane Fox McGraw. Music